Welcome to Hour of Devastation, the weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neil. Hiya. How are you doing this week, Sam? Fine. I'm trying to stay positive. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> I mean, everything's going a little bit wrong, I think, maybe, but um, it, I feel okay. <laughs> that That's good. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really know what the state of the world is is like at the moment. I had my uh, my second vaccine on Friday and I've just kind of been out of it for the past three days, so <laughs> it's, uh, it's been a time. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, I'm, doing, I'm doing fine, I guess. I mean, everything's meant to go back to normal in two weeks, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty certain it's going to be, regardless of what the state of the country is, but hey, look, at least, at least you're protected, I'm protected. So that's that. That's us. That's, 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 that's us. All right, right. <laughs> yeah, right. We've done. We've we've done our part. We've done our part. That's that's it. At the end of the day, like. Yeah, I mean the cases are still going up, but I think hospitalizations and deaths are still fairly low. Yeah. So that's something to cling to. Um, yeah, we're we're meant to be you know open, fully fledged running draft with an F and M, in two weeks' time. So. Uh, That'd be good, wouldn't it? Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> haven't, haven't done that in fifteen months. Yeah, yeah, it's um, going to be strange, definitely. Well, like I said, yeah. like at least you're you're fully vaccinated, so the chances of you picking up anything or transmitting anything are pretty, pretty low. So it's yeah. good you've done your part. That's something. Yeah, and I feel fine. Yeah, good. I don't have any any adverse effects for the uh, for the second one. So oh, that's good. I just kind of felt like crap for the past three days like nowhere near as bad as, as the first one but just like a, a weird lingering head cold that kind of won't leave and then my arm's been horrendously painful for like two days as well <laughs> oh my arm my arm still hurts a bit yeah which is weird it's like after my first one i didn't feel anything in my arm at all like my arm was fine but yeah it's just been like yeah swollen and, and painful and stuff but whatever it's done it's done I mean, I'm hoping that's not putting anyone off actually getting the vaccine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I felt awful, and my arm really hurts. Yeah, but it's 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 worth it. Absolutely worth it. Yeah, like I said, I feel. I mean, I have a. I feel terrible for lots of other reasons, but none of those to do with the vaccine. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Besides that, I've had a pretty good weekend as well. I spent most of my time just watching wrestling. It was a big. Uh, big cyber fight festival Saitama Super Arena show on which was was amazing like six hour long wrestling show was absolutely incredible uh, so yeah I just kind of been in a weird ill haze watching just the absolute best Japanese wrestling all weekend it's been fantastic there are definitely worse ways to spend your time yep fully agree fully agree so how, how's your week been have you managed to engage with magic much uh, I got slapped with a very large customs charge uh oh well, that's fun. So if anyone wants to buy my magic cards, please let me know. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I I did a big order with Haruya, and then uh, they they charged me the VAT. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, hasn't been happening up until recently because of Brexit and loads of. Uh, it just means there's been a big influx of things that meant that were meant to be customs charged, and they didn't have enough staff to actually charge all of the things that were supposed to be charged and I guess now they're catching up <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm, stuff, I'm, really, so. I'm really not sure I think like I've ordered a few things sort of from Japan over the past year and a bit and it's just been like 
hit or miss whether or not it gets hit with a custom charge or not. I feel like it, it usually comes down to the size of the, the package it comes in, so I guess I guess maybe have a look, see what see what arrives when you pay for it and it comes through to you. But uh, I feel like you, you can never you can never truly be certain with ordering stuff from Japan. No, and I guess that's why Japanese cards are more expensive for some reason. Yeah, part of it definitely. Because you know there's an extra twenty percent on top for. VAT charges, but now I have no cards that I'm not playing because I need to. I was, there was some that I was like, oh, I'm going to keep hold of these just because I might play them in the future, and I'm like, no, 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 I need to fund this customs charge. So <laughs> <laughs> I am now uh, without most cards. But that's fine because I have the ones I want. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've not played any magic. Why would I do that? Yeah. <laughs> it feels like a lot of people have sort of fallen off the webcam magic thing by now. Yeah. And the, uh, the chance to play in paper magic is like tantalizingly close. And people can actually go out and do things now, because, you know, in, like, January, you literally couldn't go anywhere. Uh, whereas now, instead of just playing grainy, pixelated magic over webcam, which is still good, I still think it's a, it's a thing I'll continue to do, even when we can actually play proper magic again, um, you can, like, go to the pub and go inside other people's houses now. Yeah. So <laughs> there are other things occupying people's time that's probably a, a little bit more fun than just sitting at your desk and putting some cards on a table. Like, um... See, that's kind of fallen off a bit, which is a shame. But hopefully, we can I can play some in-person magic at some point soon. Yeah, totally. I, I think it's 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 good that it happened. I think like the whole spell table and webcam magic thing. I think like it, it's one of those things where like playing magic over webcam is something that has has always been a possibility. It's always been reasonably easy to do, but nobody ever really did it. So sort of a couple of old school communities ran sort of webcam tournaments and have done that for a few years. So you know, it's not like, like nobody was doing it, but I feel like most people just thought it was far too much hassle than it was worth. But I think now that we've all sort of been forced to play that way, it's gonna be very easy just to pick it up and do it again in the future. Like there's kind of no excuse now. So if you have friends that like live in other countries or other parts of the country and you know online friends it's it's fairly easy just to jam games of magic against them now which is cool yeah i hope people carry on with it yeah but yeah like i said people have other things that they can do now so <laughs> people aren't just locked in their house constantly so whether that's a good thing or a bad thing is a different conversation but uh yeah i've not played any magic at all and just been trying to do my job just recoup your losses <sighs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a bit of a bummer yeah. but it's a choice I made right yeah it's the, the price you pay unfortunately and I guess literally, literally yeah <laughs> literally yeah <laughs> have you uh, played any magic this week no uh, pretty much none at all no. <laughs> great perfect <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I, I played a little bit of arena and very very quickly turned off with just the amount of uh, amount of historic shenanigans going on there. I think people have cracked historic. Uh, just taking taking all the turns of the, the lower whole deck in historic. So, yeah. I, I've pretty much fallen off the, the arena bandwagon until the, the, there is a ban at some point soon, which I assume there will be one, definitely. Uh, but I have been keeping up to date with all of the, the new additions of Modern Horizons that it has brought to the various formats on Magic Online, and I think there's a lot of interesting things. So. Yeah, people have been jamming all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Um, and whether that's going to be indicative of the actual full metagame going forward, and whether these cards and decks have any longevity is a different question, but people have certainly been playing with them this weekend. Yeah, definitely. And 
I think that, that's fantastic. So that's going to be the, I guess, the bulk of what we're, we're talking about this week. I think the fact that <laughs> Modern Horizons is not out in paper yet. It's not out for like almost two weeks at this point. But it had so it had the it had the release pushed back by a week because of of COVID and shipping and stuff, didn't it? Uh, sure. Yeah. So, <laughs> that I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it, it had like the actual physical paper release was was pushed back by a, by a week. But for some reason, the Magic Online release hasn't changed at all. So, of mm-hmm. so this this weekend gone would have been pre-release weekend. But actually, because of the delay, next weekend is pre-release weekend. Uh, but none of the schedule changed for Magic Online, so the set has officially released on Magic Online. So. We've got access to all of the new cards, and we're starting to see some big changes. Uh, I think, I think right away we saw that the amount of players that have been calling this set Commander Horizons Two for the past couple of weeks are just just completely incorrect. Fucking suck it! <laughs> you were fucking wrong. We told you. Yeah, it I... happens every time. Like the amount of people that have never touched a sixty-card format, or at least do not put the reps in with it or don't pay attention to it as much but again it's fine like if you want to just play commander that's uh, probably a healthy way to engage with it than trying to work out the meta all the time um, but a bunch of people that didn't know like d- just don't touch modern or legacy or, or any constructive format like yeah this is just commander horizons like no it's just got commander cards in it <laughs> that's different it's completely <laughs> different you have no idea what you're talking about and it's nice to be vindicated yeah um, though those people won't care <laughs> those people who were calling it Commander Horizons a week ago won't care at all I'll go haha we were right and they'll go whatever I still get to buy a, a Cabal Coffers or whatever so um, I mean, yeah, I mean not, they probably they won't, they won't they'll just be kicking off about the price of Ragavan because they want to play my Commander deck yeah. like, oh it's almost as if it's a you know good competitive card that people want for their 6 card decks and that's why it's worth more money than it would have been were it just a Commander card not everything's for you you dick <laughs> that's why it costs more than a cabal coffers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just it, like I. It's just annoying. Why is it so expensive? Because it's not just for you. It's not just a game piece for you. Like the reason Smothering Tide is expensive is because everyone wants one for their commander deck. Uh, and the reason Ragavan's going to be expensive is because it's kind of good in modern legacy and people want them and it's a mythic. And shut up. <laughs> <laughs> just shut up. Yeah, yeah. I feel. It's like... not that strong. I feel. Yeah, it's a bit of catharsis, right? Yeah, I just—it's just annoying. It, um, it happens. It happens. I know, like, I'm, I'm being an elitist gatekeep, gatekeeping weirdo, but it's just frustrating when you see a bunch of people say these things, and everyone else goes, "Yeah, I agree with that," and then a week later, they're proven completely wrong, and then they don't know because they don't care. And that must be a nice way to live. Imagine <laughs> if like things that you got angry about briefly, you just didn't care about again ever. Yeah. That must be nice, right? Yeah, definitely. Like, bottling it all up inside and just becoming a curmudgeon and being angry all the time. And I think the issue is, at least for me, it's just it's the same thing over and over again. We always see we saw with the first one, oh, Modern Horizons is Commander Horizons, and then you know every format gets wrecked by Astrolabe. Hogak is a thing. Like we saw so many, so many cool new additions to multiple formats, like from Modern Horizons one, and then it was exactly the same thing again here and. Like, again, it looks like we're seeing more of, of the same thing, except maybe there isn't a Hogak this time. Uh, no, but there are cards that seem very powerful. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. I think... I don't know what the timeline was for Hogak. 
between like the set coming out and us realizing oh no um so i don't know if that's going to be mirrored here because there are a couple of cards you're like oh maybe it's a bit too good um but it doesn't seem like there's anything but again like the, the set has been played with for two days three days yeah i mean an hour in people were calling for bands so <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't know how to feel at this point. Yeah, we're gonna have to give it more time. So I think the set overall, like based on the the four days it's been out or whatever, I think the the set is 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 a complete smash hit. It's it's a success. It's done exactly what it was intended to do. It has injected a load of new cards into the modern format, and added some cool cards to to other formats too. Uh, I think the the first deck that I really saw sort of break out initially was um was a a jund food deck i guess four color food deck really because it's playing four copies of bartered cow that throne of eldraine all-star it's 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 annoying like it's the, the had... set that keeps on giving right <laughs> throne of eldraine decimating eternal formats and then decimating standard formats and we're just about to get rid of it out of standard and it's still a fair way out, but you know it's coming. It, it, its reign is coming to an end, and now it's just—it's got some of the best cuts in modern <laughs> <laughs> again. I mean, we, no one thought it'd be bartered cow. But yeah. <laughs> the, the, I mean, feasting troll king was just begging to be broken. I guess. Yeah, at, at some point. And then they printed some more food stuff. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I, I've seen seen this deck being called Mugak. Um, obviously a throwback to oh, Hogak. Boo. Yeah, exactly. exactly. No, that's awful. I, I dislike it either. I dislike it too, but this this does sort of play in that same sort of space as the old Hogak decks did. It wants to put things into the graveyard. You want to get Vengevines back out of your graveyard. You want to cast, cast Hollow Ones for free. You want to reanimate Feasting Troll with using food. So this, this deck works because of, of a couple of new cards. So first up, it's that one that I can't pronounce. I tried to pronounce, and this time I'm not even going to. It's uh, it's Asmol, yeah. right? I'm gonna in in like three months' time. I'm gonna accidentally know exactly how to say it, but I'm not gonna put any effort towards it. <laughs> and everyone's just gonna call it Asmol, and every like people at Watsy have said, yeah, just call it Asmol. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that card, yeah. Yeah. So we have Asmol. We have Blazing Rootwaller, another another cool addition, and we also have the Underworld Cookbook. So yeah, nice, nice little package of those ca- those cards, which yeah, I feel like they weren't necessarily cards that I thought would be broken in modern on day one. Uh, no, but uh, you know, rewind two years or whenever it was that Modern Horizons one actually came out, and I'm sure we didn't think like the first time I saw the Bridge from Below Hogak Vengevine. Uh, Ultra Dementia deck. I was like, oh, I'd never I had no idea this was here. Yeah, and <laughs> no one thought the bartered cow was going to be a thing. <laughs> um, so it's 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 following the same trajectory, the same pattern, and I'm unsurprised. But also, I don't think I again. But it, every time this happens, everyone goes, oh it's probably not that bad because we said that about Hogak. And like, oh no, no, it is a problem, and it's banned immediately. So. I, I don't know how to feel about it. I think that it the difference powerful. Is, I think the difference this time is like yeah, the, the that deck, the deck initially seemed quite powerful, but we've I guess we've got some more decks to to talk about. Um, yeah, so I think w- when it was first sort of popping up on like Wednesday, Thursday night, whenever it was, um, I think everybody was very excited about it, 
everybody was quite anxious because yeah, straight away you, you got those, those Hogak comparisons. But I think even over the weekend, like people have figured out what to do to beat it. Plus, we've also seen some other decks with some new cards uh, just perform a lot better. Uh, I think, yes, it's very reminiscent of the Hogak deck, but I don't think it's quite as powerful as the Hogak deck because you can't just play it like a combo deck like Hogak was. Like, you you still got to swing, but you can't necessarily just mill your opponent out on turn two or whatever. Uh, so I don't think it's quite as powerful as the Hogak deck, but I do think it is very good. Uh, yeah. Sure. I mean, I think one of the things with Modern at the moment is we have such a density of, like, very specific hate cards. Yeah. That there are a lot of things you can do to beat stuff, and I'm less worried about single decks by breaking out and ruining a format. I'm more, more, I'd be more worried if a certain type of deck, like graveyard decks, were just taking over everything. Yeah, yeah. Without answers, so... I th- yeah, I. It seems powerful. It's not put up crazy results yet, but also we've had like a league, which half of which was before Modern Horizons two came out on Magic Online, and like a preliminary challenge, I think. Yeah. So we've not got like a huge amount of results. We've just got a bunch of people who are tweeting about playing the deck and it feeling pretty powerful. So. Yeah, that's it. I think we we haven't got a massive amount of of, of results, but I think at the same time. People knew going into the weekend, going into the tournaments, that that deck was going to be a known quantity. So you look at the sideboards of, of the decks that did well in the challenge, and there's a lot of sideboards of Four Leyland of the Void, which was, was very much the thing when, when Hogak was there. So if you're prepared, I guess like any sort of graveyards or dredge style deck, like if you're prepared that weekend, if you're prepared with your Four Leyland of the Void on your sideboard, you just you're just not going to lose to that deck. Which, it kind of sucks that, that it has to be that way, mm-hmm. but that's kind of the way it's been for, for Dredge always. Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if if nothing in this deck gets banned and this deck is fine and just, it's just, a, just allowed to exist. Every sort of, I don't know, once every three months or something, it'll probably like spike a, a big tournament and then people all, you know, come prepared. Which is, which is what Dredge sort of typically did. I wouldn't be surprised just to see it sort of yeah. fit, that, fit that that space. And that's fine, I think. That's fine. It was. It, it feels a lot... You know, it's, it's very early to call it, but it feels like a lot when Affinity was big and then everyone just played some Stone and Silences and yeah, Affinity yeah. was terrible. Um, yeah. Because the problem with the problem with like the Art of that next actually got Box Opal Banders is that Stone and Silence didn't do enough Yeah. to beat, the, to beat yeah, that deck. That's it. So Stone and Silence didn't, didn't do anything because... It was an activated ability from Urza. That, Urza, yeah. Yeah, major so, mana. Yeah, whereas Leyline, or Rest in Peace, or, or whatever your graveyard hate piece of choice is, um, can just be a hard counter to that deck. Yeah, totally. And it is a lot of moving pieces, like between uh, Asmore, the, the cookbook, the you know food that you have to make. Like There are a lot of... It, it's one whole thing that can't really afford to make much space to counteract hate it feels like yeah I yeah know, i think it's I probably think so. fine it'd be cool if this kind of deck was good yeah that's it like, i i think i think it's just fine i think it's a good deck i think it's a powerful deck uh, but i don't think it's as half as broken as hogak was which is cool which is good so i think we're going to jump to the the modern challenge now and let's talk about the deck that won the challenge uh, so this is wild uh-huh. so th- this again plays some a couple of, of new cards from uh Modern Horizons 2. So we've got mono green hardened scales. 
So the deck plays 4 Hangerback Walker, 4 Walking Ballister, 4 Arcbound Ravager, 4 Arcbound Worker, uh, and 4 copies of the new Zabas the Glimmer Wasp. And then spells that plays 4 Ancient Stirrings, 1 Welding Jar, 1 Animation Module, 3 the Ozolith, 1 Power Conduit, 2 Throne of Geth, 4 Hardened Scales. Uh, and then lands that's playing your typical land suite you'd, you'd expect. And then for the new lands it is playing 2 copies of Power Depot and then 4 copies of Urza's Saga. Now could Urza's Saga be the hook? Remember... Now remember... 3, 4 weeks ago? When we first saw as a saga, yeah, well, that's probably pretty good. Yeah, but it's probably not that good. Uh, I think this is probably closer to what we would call the hogak hogak of the set than than <laughs> than Asmol, the yeah. cookbook and whatever. This yeah. is uh, kind of daft. Yeah, I, uh, think so. I mean, a lot of people. It's it's being played all, all across the board. Like loads of people are trying this card out, but this is sort of the, the deck that kind of breaks it. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think so. I I, I guess I I, I kind of want to just say straight off that I'm kind of really happy about this. Like, regardless of 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 you know, how powerful the card is or how problematic the the deck is for the format. Like, put all that to one side. Like, I'm. I'm just really happy to see that Heart and Scales Affinity can actually be a thing again, like at least for at least for one weekend. Like that's really cool. Like the deck completely yeah. it felt like it completely fell off, like after the whole Mox Opal banning and it's it's just nice. It's nice to see it come back and do some things. Wait until you hear about Lantern Control. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is uh, yeah, uh, I'm seeing some sort of play for a similar reason. So the obviously the the card that is very good here is is Urza Saga. Uh, it has a lot of synergy with I guess all modes really. The fact that it's a like the the first chapter of the of the saga, it just being a land that helps colorless is just fine in this deck anyway. Like allows you to play Yarkbound Worker on turn one, or your Zabaz the Glimmer Wasp on turn one. There's, yeah, just a bunch of things that I guess yours the lift as well. There's a bunch of things that you you'd want to play on turn one, and that's absolutely fine. The second chapter also works very nicely as well. Makes a construct with plus one plus one for each artifact you control, and you're going to control a bunch in this deck. And then finally, the third one goes and finds loads of things from your deck. It finds your Weldon Jar, finds an Automation Module, finds an Ozolith, finds an Arcbound Worker or a Zavaz, and it's it's just great. It's just a fantastic card. Then I think the thing that really pushes it over the limit is the the Power Conduit. So Power Conduit, it's a two mana artifact from Mirrodin which has tap, remove a counter from a permanent you control, choose one, put a charge counter on target artifact or put a plus one plus one counter on target creature so you can you can use that to remove a uh, a lore counter from your Urza Saga and put a plus one plus one counter on your, your Hangerback Walker or your Walking Blister or your Arcbound Ravager and you can just do that every turn yeah so you when the uh, the trigger in, the, in your upkeep for the third law counter goes on to Urza Saga, you remove the the second counter and put it on whatever you want. You can even put it on, your, on itself as a charge counter if you want. Yeah. And then it puts the law counter on, and that's the second law counter. So it just perpetually has two and tap, make a construct. 
and then it's incidentally making all your things bigger and whatever. But uh, yeah, it's uh, kind of good. Who'd have thought that power conduit would be? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of nice to see uh, a brand new card working in a disgusting way with a card from you know the first expansion set in modern. Yeah, that's yeah. nice, isn't it? <laughs> it's it's was going to be a problem with like an artifact set, right? Yeah, because I don't definitely. think we, anyone really considered that this is quite heavily an artifact set. Like it's got modular in it. It's got there's a saga which cares about artifacts, um, and it's you know food and treasure and clue tokens and stuff are yeah. a big part of it and, and stuff. So anytime there's an artifact set, it breaks something. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice to see that pattern continue. Yeah, I I think it's really cool. I think this is the this is the the card to watch out for. I think I think in terms of your Hogakness, I think as a saga might might be the the broken powerful card from the set. I think my evaluation of the time was yeah, this card is pretty good. It's going to be very good in you know maybe one or two specific decks. But I think from what I've seen so far, it's kind of overperforming. Uh, always performing a lot better than, than I thought they would, and, yeah. and and that's it's potentially worrying. So we we're also seeing Urza Saga do some things in in Legacy as well. I believe with um, uh, it's been played in the Lands deck as a one-off because you can go and find some sort of sideboard cards, nice sort of little toolbox uh, deck, and then it's also being played uh, in. Uh, in, in another deck, which kind of is like a legacy version of Affinity, I guess, really. Uh, so it took sixth place in the Legacy Showcase Challenge. Uh, it's playing four Archbron Ravager, two Emery, two Eversworn Cannonist, Ornithopter, Psy, Master Thopterist, Stone Cold Serpent, Walking Ballister, Thoughtcast, a classic, classic playable card. Uh, Mistress Bauble, Mox Obels, Retrofit Foundry, Welding Jar, and then it's playing a bunch of new cards in Ursa Saga, Esper Sentinel, Thought Monitor, and Nettlesist. Yep, which I, f- I feel like it's it's not really like any deck I've ever seen in Legacy before, but that's really sweet. But again, it's four copies of Urza Saga, so obviously it's doing some very good things there. And then it's also had a big impact on Vintage, which is kind of where I thought it would be. Anyway, I thought you would see it in in decks that play like stuff like Time Vault, Manifold Key. Anyway, but it turns out it just makes those de- decks a lot more consistent. Uh, but I don't know, like again, I don't know how much of a problem it is in Vintage. So the decks that are running it are running it as a 2-of and a 3-of, which is kind of where I thought it might be. I don't think it was going to be a 4-of in every shop's deck, like a lot of people seem to suggest when the card was previewed. But yeah, just, just having having that free tutor for your, your missing sort of lock piece is obviously going to be very good. So it looks like... It's shaking things up in Vintage a bit, but I, I, I don't. I think Vintage is fine. Like you look at the decks in the challenge, and I think there's enough diversity and enough new cards in a bunch of different decks where I don't think there's anything we're worried about yet. But it definitely looks like if Urza Saga isn't the Hogak of, of of the set, then maybe it's the Astrolabe of the set. <laughs> Which means we can play with it for like eighteen months before it gets banned. So that's yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think like it's doing a lot of powerful things, and yeah. we just need to see where it goes. Like, I'm not calling any any shots based on oh, these yeah. very few few results we have, because also it's a new set with objectively powerful cards, and people just 
jamming shit in everywhere that they possibly can. There are a bunch of decks um, for the modern challenge that are just playing four Urza Saga that you wouldn't consider to be an Urza Saga style deck. Yeah. Which is maybe one of the concerning things that this is just going to be a really really good card going forward, just in in a lot of different things. I mean, one of the things it's it's doing is um, to four of an amulet titan builds. Yeah. Because it's the best way to cheer up your amulet, and. I think, you know, Amulet Titan is, is the kind of deck that's always on my knife edge. It already had a massive ban um, what, 2016, 2017? Yeah, yeah. With Bloom, And it already had that on it, and it's always a consideration. And I'm not sure it's the reason that Field of the Dead got banned in Modern, but um, it was certainly abusing that card. And I think this is another another thing that it's going to another card that it's, it's going to potentially push Amulet over the top. And yeah, I hope that doesn't get as a saga band, and probably just we should just ban the amulet because just, the, just the deck's absolutely ridiculous anyway. <laughs> yeah, either ban the amulet or ban prime ban prime time. Like those two cards have kind of been on a like you said been on a knife edge for the past X amount of years anyway. Like <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think if uh, although I was you know upset about it this time last year, like if. If if a new Urza card is what gets some some classic beloved modern cards banned, then then so be it. So be it. Maybe that's just the way of the format now. Yeah, you want to print things into the format that are fun to play with, and interesting and powerful, and then that just pushes something that we've had in, for a long time over the top and gets that banned. Yeah, I think that's an okay place to be. It doesn't feel very good, I guess, if Amit Titan is sort of your deck. Um. Of choice for, and has been for, for years, but uh, you know, modern is no longer a format where you just pick a deck <laughs> and play yeah, it for totally. X, X number of years. You, you have to now be fluid and have to understand um, that stuff's going to get banned, and totally. your favorite deck might get banned. Um, so, yeah, I, I, they, people are already calling for as a saga to be banned, and I think that's ridiculous. Yeah, I, maybe, I think maybe in two weeks' time I feel differently, but currently that's an insane thing to say. Yeah, I, I fully agree. Four days in the format, but I don't think anything should be banned at all. I don't think we should even consider that at all. We should just be playing games and seeing what's good and what's not. And yeah, I think a lot of people are on that plan as well. If you, you look down the the rest of the decks that performed very well in the modern challenge, I think it it just looks fantastic. It looks absolutely fantastic. And again, just more data that supports how good this set, Modern Horizons Two, is, and just how good at accomplishing its goal is. Like. Like let's take a look at the second place in the the modern challenge. You've got um, a you've got a, like a, a team of control deck, I guess really. Uh, so it's playing four Bone Crusher Giant, four Brazen Borrower, and then some new cards. It's playing four Shardless Agent, four copies of Subtlety, and with that card, which we thought was the the worst of the Mythic Cycle, it still is. Uh, it's playing two Jace the Mind Sculptor, and it's playing four Crushing Footfalls. Four Force Negation, four Violent Outburst, three Cryptic Command, four Fire and Ice. So, like, if you want to play your, 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 I guess, shardless rug deck in modern, it feels weird <laughs> saying that for modern. Yeah. But that's what it is. That's one hundred percent what it is. Then, then you, you can do that. You can do that, and the deck yeah. seems really cool. Yeah, I think it's just got a powerful shell around it. Yeah, because the thing with you know when you're trying to trying to port shardless bug as it existed in Legacy, it's not really a thing anymore. Um, over to modern, you know, we don't have him to which is one of the best cards in the deck and one of the best things to to shard us into. Uh, but this is just, you know, Ren and Six is a hell of a card. Yeah. 
Um, and Crashing Footballs is a really nice addition. You just make two four fours. Three mana make two four fours and a two two. It's uh, probably better than drawing three cards at this point, especially when you've got like Cryptic and Jace and Red, Red and Six just rounding it out. That feels a lot more powerful than just putting three cards in your hand. Yeah. Making a clock. Uh, yeah, I, that seems cool. I, yeah. it, that's uh, kind of what I expected Childish Agent to do. I didn't expect it to be like a sort of generic good stuff card that a lot of people would, you know, oh, you can go Bloodbraid into Childish Agent. Yeah, but what does that do? <laughs> Get a free 2-2, that's fine, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's like the kind of thing you build around and then you just hope that and every time you cast your your three mana spell, it it's always two four fours. That seems great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time you cast your, your childless agent, you're gonna get a you get two four fours on the field, or you're gonna cast a fire and ice, which is pretty good. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's very very powerful. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, like I said, came second in the challenge, so that's good. You, I'm gonna have a look at third place in the challenge. You got Niv to Light. And there aren't a whole load of sort of new additions to to Nivtalite, but it is playing a new card. Uh, so it's playing General Ferris Rockerick. So mm-hmm. we haven't even spoken about this card yet. So one red white for a legendary creature, human soldier. The three one, hexproof and monocolored. Uh, whenever you cast a multicolored spell, create a four four red and white golem artifact creature token. Just a good card yep. in this deck. This deck Very is all powerful. about casting multicolored spells. Yeah, just seeing it as a, as a two of in this deck uh, seems to have, have suited it very well. I think it's uh, it's the kind of card the Nifter Nif- Light decks were looking for. Yeah, totally. Where you just you just want to pay off because, like, you know, obviously um, Nif Misery Reborn is a very very powerful card, and it often draws you know three to four cards and is also a five five flyer. Yeah. Um, but it, you kind of wanted that additional payoff that just kept the kept the game running. Um, and clogged up the board. I did see, a, speaking of Broadbury Elf into Shardless Agent, I did see a great list that was like, it was a Niftalite list, but it was playing four <laughs> Bloodbraid Elves and four Shardless <laughs> Agents. Four, uh, four of that card. I was just trying to max out the amount of Golems you could make. That's pretty cool. <laughs> That's uh, quite funny. Then, I like that. Yeah, it might, might have some legs. So you just, you know, you, you just make some creatures so you don't die, get to five, cast Niv, have a bunch of stupid things in your hand and just make a bunch of tokens. Um, seems kind of powerful. Yeah, definitely. Because the the other new addition that the Nivdalite deck has got now as well. So this specific list from the uh, came third in the modern challenge. It's playing two copies of Vindicate in the sideboard. Vindicate seems perfect for the, the Nivdalite deck as well. Yeah, I think Vindicate just seems kind of mopey in modern in general. It yeah. doesn't really seem like it has the the chops it once had. But yeah, if you can just find it off your Niv visit. Yeah, seems, if you uh, can c- cast it with a Teferi Time Marvel on board, like. You're golden. The card's great. Gross. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, there's a lot of fun stuff going going on. I like that some people have just been like, no, I want to I want to play this and see if this, you know, try and limit test this deck, rather than I'm going to limit test this card. Yeah. And try yeah. and break it absolutely in half, like with um, with Urza Saga or or things like that. Yeah. So, no, I think this this card is probably just fine in this deck, and it and it makes it slightly better than it was a week ago, and I like that. Totally. Totally. Uh, next up, I want to hit the the deck that came in fourth. Is also playing a, a bunch of different different new cards as well, which is really cool. Uh, so first up, we are playing. Uh, so it is it's a, it's a black green deck. Uh, it is a sumo. It's a combo deck, right? It's playing uh, Zulapot, Cutthroat, and Hepatra. And oh, is this the Yorkmoth deck? Yeah, yeah, the Yorkmoth deck. Yeah, 
Yeah, the Yorma Death with the Yorgmoth deck, which has basically gotten no upgrades apart from now you get to play Ignoble Hierarch, which makes black and green mana. Oh, there's a bunch <laughs> of new of bunch of new cards in this in this one. Oh, okay, sure. So yeah, so this one came fourth. So the new cards it's playing from uh, Modern Horizons Two. It's playing four copies of Ignoble Hierarch, which is obviously fantastic for this deck. Uh, it's playing one copy of Grist, the Hunger Tide. Uh, you can call a call into it. Seems thick. The card's really really cool. Uh, and then it's also playing uh, one copy of Yavamaya Cradle of Growth main board, which is sweet. So it's playing yeah. it's playing Urborg Tomb of Yorgmoth as well, but it's uh, it's not playing Gabalkoffers, is it? No, um, it's almost as if that card was just in there to make Commander players buy the set, yeah. and isn't actually going to be good in mod. I'm mm. sick of having this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> sick of making this goddamn point seven different ways. Um, I think what else is yeah. cool to know is that uh, it's playing two copies of Endurance in the sideboard as well. I know it's a card yeah, that you've like to. It's just, good. Yeah, that just, just a good gas. card. It's just a very, very powerful uh, card in, in very specific circumstances, which is it's, it's what I love out of, you know, when they made, you know, put Containment Priest into modern through uh, M21, so I kind of like this is extremely powerful in this one situation. Yeah, that's great. That's the kind of that's the kind of card I love. Um, yeah, I'm. I think Grist is gonna fall out of that deck very quickly. I think that card is terrible, and <laughs> people are just playing it because you can Court of Calling or each yeah. evolution into it, and you can Green Sense it into it in Legacy, which I think is bad because the card doesn't do anything. <laughs> Makes a one-one. Like I, I don't know. Uh, it's just it's just a value piece, and I guess they were trying it. Um, the fun things with it are that the minus can kill Emrakul, <laughs> yeah. which is nice, and I think that might be literally a reason to, to play it, is that it, it's a Vindicate that can kill Emrakul, um, because it's not a spell, it's an ability, uh, so Emrakul doesn't have protection from it. So if, even if 3D Breach style decks or whatever start seeing uh, an uptick, then maybe Grist is a nice... A nice first time option, I guess. Yeah, it's just like it's the kind of card you play as a one one of. Yeah, definitely. Which is, in in decks that have cord or Eldritch Revolution or whatever. Yeah, which is exactly what what's done here. It's playing four copies of Cord of Call and four copies of Eldritch Revolution, so it can grab Grist if it needs it. It's just there as a one of. Uh, sometimes you're probably just going to resolve a Grist and then maybe it sticks around and you get to Ultimate, and that would be pretty sweet. But most yeah. of the time, it's probably going to work as it's just a, a reasonable removal spell for creatures or planeswalkers. I think like yeah. them, just having that, that minus two, like you, you can call of calling into a removal spell for a planeswalker seems pretty good. Yeah, that's the thing. Like you you call of calling or evolution into uh, a removal spell that sticks around and makes value. Yeah, and that's that's good. I mean, nothing. No addition to that deck is ever going to be funnier than the fact that it makes Young Wolf a playable card in modern. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't care. But like it, it could be playing like seventeen different cards from Modern Horizons, but it plays Young Wolf. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Young Wolf is a good card in that deck. So that's my favorite thing about that deck. Yeah, so it's sweet. Like again, this is this is hundred percent just this is this is what the end result of Modern Horizons of what a Modern Horizons set should should look like. Like it's just this. It's it's oh here's here's a bit of a fringe deck. Oh now it's got some things to, to make it a bit better. Maybe it's a contender now. And there we go, we see it take fourth place in the challenge. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Uh next up I wanna quickly hit on the, the fifth place deck from the uh, from the challenge because this is another. This is another combo deck. This is a. This is an odd one. So this is a, a different take on the, uh, the food deck, the feasting troll king food deck. So this plays four copies of, of Asmo, three copies of Cauldron Familiar, four Emery, four Oval Chase Dead Devil, four Street Wraith, four Feasting Troll King, three Metallic Rebuke, four Mistress Warble, four Underworld Cookbook, two Witch's Oven, two Trail of Crumbs, 
and then just a bunch of lands. And this one is playing for Urza's Saga as well, because uh, this one can use Urza's Saga to go and get your Underworld Cookbook or your Witch's Oven, uh, or even your Mishra's Bauble. Yeah, this is just a pile. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a pile. pile of just awful, awful magic cards <laughs> that when combined together work really well. Yeah, very much in that same style that Lantern Control used to do. It was just, here's a, here's a bunch of cards. They, they, just, they just look like... It just looks like a mess on paper. You jam it into a deck and suddenly... Okay, yeah, you've got a plan, you've got a plan. Uh, I think this deck is really cool, really, really cool. I think I prefer having this style of, of like combo deck to the... Uh, I guess the, the the bartered cow Mugak deck uh, that we we discussed earlier because this, this this very much just seems like a sort of all in combo deck. This has a has a strategy. It's very sort of focused on on doing graveyard shenanigans with, with making food with the with your cat and your and your oven and doing things with Emery, refilling your hand with Oval Chase Daredevil. Uh, so I I think this one is a a lot easier to. I guess hate out or disrupt as opposed to the the other version of the deck, but it's Fucking it's cool. Like again, Oval we just see Chase Daredevil. yeah, vintage all star Oval Chase Daredevil. Jesus Christ! It's now a four of in modern. <laughs> yeah, because you just keep discarding it. And, oh, I, when I discarded it, I made an artifact. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> it's it's fantastic. Like th this is again just the kind of thing where uh, I love. We get this sort of thing as the end result from Modern Horizons. I also love that this is playing two copies of Break the Ice in the sideboard as well, which is the, the new slash fixed version of Sinkhole. Yeah, because you've got to you've got to mess with those. The, the, I don't know. It's probably fine, right? Break the Ice. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm surprised some people are actually playing it. Yeah. If you're playing a near mono black deck, then it's probably good. Yeah, I mean, it destroys it as a saga, so that's the thing. Yeah, that's how we keep it in check. Yeah, <laughs> <Perfect>. sinkhole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, just think that this deck's great, absolutely fantastic. And yeah, it's the fact that you can you can look at the list, like look at the list of decks that performed very well in the modern challenge, and yeah, pretty much every deck has at least one new inclusion, or is a brand new archetype. And I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Like straight away, it's it's like. Yes, a lot of people are going to be trying these things and trying these new things out, and the meta game's going to be disrupt, going to be disrupted because it's a, it's a it's a new it's a whole new world of a whole bunch of new toys. But I wouldn't be surprised to see some of these decks just being good, I guess, mid to long term contenders in modern, but not necessarily I mean, busted ones. We absolutely need to continue and finish out the top eight, right? Yeah, of course. Because number course. six is number six is. Uh, I'm a fan. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so number six, we have Azorius Control. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we got three Snapcaster Mage. That, that card, that card, playable again. We've got uh, two Teferi Time Raveler, two Teferi Hero of Dominaria, four Opt, four Path to Exile, three Prismatic Ending, hello, four Counterspell, yep, three Force Negation, two Cryptic Command, two Supreme Verdict, three Mushroom Bauble, one Brainstone, Brainstone, two Expedition Map, uh, and then just just a bunch of good lands. We got four as a saga, uh, which I guess gets your brainstone and your expedition map and your Mishra's bauble. It's the only reason they're playing expedition map and Mishra's bauble. That it's brainstone is because they're playing as a saga. This is what I mean. Wild. Like people are just absolutely jamming wild. this card. So like, obviously there's the there's the obviously broken applications, and then people are just like, yeah, maybe this is just good enough for this. Yeah, I think I think it's 
because of the sideboard. Like you look at the sideboard and it's like one Zuran Orb, one Grafticus Cage, one Pithing Needle, one um, Relic of Progenitus. Yeah, it, I think that there's just enough that in like you can just play the card as, as like a free sort of sideboard tutor to tutor up your silver bullets for your your, your bad matchups. So I think two Tempest think cool. of Light. Two Tempest of Light. Someone was worried about the Enchantress deck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess it also blows up as a Sagas. Yes, uh, yeah, it does, yeah. But this is ridiculous. Brainstone is still a bad card. But I, I guess agree. when you can chew it up, it's probably okay. Uh, I think it would be interesting with, with like miracles. Yeah. Um, with your terminuses and stuff. Uh, but yeah, this is just a, a run of the mill blue white control deck that was doing very well before Modern Horizons 2 came out. Obviously, it's playing four counter spell. That's absolutely fine. It just replaces the mana links that would have been in the deck. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, it has this Urza Saga package, which is. The expedition map is so good. Like, what does the expedition map do in this deck apart from find more Urza Sagas? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just find the good thing off your first Urza Saga. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's great. But yeah, it, it gives options to the for the sideboard. And uh, also, prismatic ending. Turns out that card's kind of good. Yeah, prismatic ending is a lot better than I, th- I thought it was was going to be, which is well, a which bunch is cool. of the threats in uh, a bunch of the threats in modern are very low mana cost. So yeah. this for you know you're playing like three mana on this, and it's just to vindicate, and I think that's fine. Despite the fact we have actual vindicate, but you know what I mean. It's a yeah. flexible vindicate that kills a lot. Of, you know, d- death shadows and and stuff. So I, yeah, I I, I I like this deck. Yeah, I think it's very good. I, I'm I'm quite surprised it's not playing like at least like one of Riptide Laboratory because it's playing three Snapcaster Mages. I feel like that's just a just a really cool way to get loads of value out of them, like even more. Probably. Yeah, you're already playing. But I guess you're already playing saga. playing two Expedition maps and a, and a Brainstone, so you can't yeah. play those. I guess. Like, you're playing four Urza Saga and a Field of Ruin, and I think there is a cap on the number of colorless lands you can play in this deck. Yeah, definitely. I don't think I'd want to sub in a a Riptide Laboratory instead of a Field of Ruin but I don't know I don't know how I feel about like I mean I love seeing the other sagas here because it's just, it's just wild to look at but also I don't know how good necessarily they are in the deck it just it's it, I think one of the best things about it is it just it can consistently make some threats yeah well not consistently but you know every other saga makes at least a, makes a 1-1 one, one at a, least one, yeah. yeah and then you play your Mistress Borders Expedition Maps whatever yeah it's probably fine. I just think uh, my favorite thing about this deck is you look at it and yeah, blow white control's still good, but it's playing counter spell great. Oh wait, hang on. Yeah. <laughs> it's just playing some absolute nonsense. Uh, yeah, I, I I'm a big fan of this of this deck. Yeah, I I'm a, I think like, like I'm a big fan of like ninety percent of this deck, and then I'm like, why is it playing Mishra's Bauble, Brainstone, and Expedition Map? Like that's six slots there where it could be playing like. At least one Jace the Mind Sculptor, right? Well, I mean, the expedition map is just the chain, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you, you play play your Urza Saga, then make a construct in the end step after not countering any of the other things because they're scared of your blue eye control deck. Yeah. Then uh, you sack the Urza Saga, go find an expedition map. That expedition map then finds another Urza Saga. Yeah. It's it's just a it's just a, a loop you can do that makes a bunch of four fours. I guess is the, is the plan. And then can find other things if you need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very strange one. It's a very strange one. I guess it gets, yes, it gets even better. So as as I saw, it's even better post board as well, where you can bring in your uh, your graphic cage and your pithing needle and stuff. Because just having those on the field are going to make your your constructs bigger as well. 
I just like that this is this was someone's first thought. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, so people, are, like I said, people are limit testing the, the cards and the format and playing all of the the Asmors and the and the Diaz sagas and whatever. And then so it's just like, what if I just took blue light control and just put a kind of very medium as a saga package in it? Yeah, <laughs> sounds great. Yeah, sure, sure, cool. Uh, so I guess next we've got a seventh place in the challenge. It's just it's it's ad nauseum. It's it's fine. So it's playing um, Profane Tutor, which was yep. one of the new cards that we we were we were interested in. We thought, oh, maybe you can play it from like as foretold, or maybe you can play it in, in like an Ad Nauseum style deck. Well, it seems to be the only new inclusion in this deck, but I guess it's a good one. Yeah, we you just suspend it on turn two, and then on turn four, go and find the missing piece, right? Yeah, yeah. that's I guess that's kind of good enough. Because Adnors probably wants to go off on turn four anyway. Yeah, totally. So you just, just find the piece you're missing for free. Um, I'm going to find it. Also, this is a chance that this person was just testing the card. It was completely terrible, and Adnors is just good enough to get people every now and again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting that Profane is is you know going to break Adnorsium, and if you know this this does well in a challenger or a league again and doesn't have Profane I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Yeah, I agree definitely. <clears throat> But it's cool. It's cool to see that that card making an appearance, uh, making an appearance as a four of as well. It's cool. It's just cool. Yeah. It's again just like mm-hmm. doing that thing that Modern Horizons is meant to do: inject new cards into modern and you know, reinforce some existing archetypes. Maybe yep. this one makes the hit long term. Maybe it doesn't. But yep. put the results here, and that's great. And then, and then finally rounding out that that top eight is Eldrazi Tron. Which, with zero new cards. <laughs> yeah, zero new cards at all. Perfect. It's absolutely fine. It's yep. yeah, a, a, tron, a Tron deck of some variety in the top eight as a one-off. Perfect. Modern is fine. Modern looks good, right? Like just looking at the, this list. I know it's only day four of the format, but like, modern looks really good. All of these decks are really cool in their own unique ways. Yeah. Some of them are new and strange. Some of them are slightly different takes on, on familiar decks. <laughs> And like, one of them is just Eldrazi Tron. Yeah, it's 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 great because like, everyone else in this challenge is like, okay, I get to play with the new cards. Let's test out if they're good in these archetypes. Let's try and make a new archetype. Let's push it. So if we do well, and RN seventeen was just like, no, fuck that. Mm. Just play Etron. Yeah, reality smash a go bro. Exactly. Like, <laughs> Literally zero new. Not even like one of the artifacts that it's got. Not even Urza's in the saga. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's got Urza's mine and PowerPoint and Tower. But they're not even like, oh, maybe this, you know, this card is kind of okay in the sideboard. Maybe we can try that. No, no, just just stock Etron. Yeah, it's playing it's just... four, four expedition map. Why doesn't it play like as a saga, like the blue white control deck does with its expedition nope. maps? No, nope. just smash some people. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, next great. Love it. <laughs> Why would we ever mess with it? Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. And they came eighth. Great, great work. Yeah. Perfect work. Yeah, big fan of that. I mean, like, yeah. even if you look down the rest of the list as well, there's just so many different archetypes like it's not just like oh this this asmo food combo deck was the best thing the top eight like the the top 16 or the top 32 of the challenge is just 50 percent that deck it's not like the deck shows up a couple of times but not as many times as amulet titan which didn't even make the top yep. eight yep it's sweet really and really then cool. we've got um we've got 10th place which was hammer time yeah which is playing four copies of Urza's Saga yeah. because Urza's Saga finds Colossus Hammer <laughs> <laughs> and we don't need to play um, Steel Shaper's Gift anymore because that card was bad now we have Urza's Saga 
and Esper Sentinel as well because Esper Sentinel which playing a white deck is just a good speed bump I guess yeah. I like that card a lot um, and and then you're just a bunch of other decks that are just normal I guess uh, the thing is with the challenge as well I imagine quite a few people didn't have access to these cards because I know that especially on Modo a lot of these cards are absurdly expensive yeah definitely definitely so people uh, won't have access to them which is probably good <laughs> yeah it's just it's just super cool like yep. Modern Horizons 2 so far is doing exactly what it set out to do I love it absolutely love it and yeah I just I, I don't think I don't think I see anything going the way Modern Horizons 1 at all and I think it's only, different. If, it's if not the only, like if the only problematic card is Urza Saga, I think that's a very good thing. I think Urza Saga behaves very differently to the way Hogak did. Yeah. And like modern is notorious for like land, like yeah, like land hate anyway. Stuff like Ghost Quarters and Field of Ruins. I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be fine. I think it's gonna be fine. It's just it's it's different to Modern Horizons one, right? Where you just had the one deck, um, which is the Hogak deck, yeah, that, that broke out and sort of spoiled things. It was similar with um, Eldrazi Winter, right? Yeah. Uh, whereas yeah. this is just Urza Saga has it's created a new archetype. It's very good in another new archetype, but it's just slotting into some existing decks like like Blue White Control, which is wild, um, Hammer Time, and Amulet Titan, and I think. It's it's different, so I don't know whether to, how to assess that. Like, is it a problem that this this card is just very very good in existing archetypes, and it's probably going to be like um, a, just a format staple that's a floor of in a load of decks? Because um, that doesn't necessarily kill it, kill diversity, right? Yeah. Because yeah. and I mean I don't I don't mean to poke the wound, but Splinter Twin was banned for competitive diversity reasons. Yeah. <laughs> but if it's if it's uh, a bunch of different decks all playing the same floor of, but it's not it's not a game winning card, right? It's just a very powerful card that does a lot of good things. Yeah. So the the only way in which Urza Saga is a win condition in a lot of these decks is, is the amulet deck, because it finds the amulet. And we've seen amulet not have to have its amulet to win games. Yeah. So I don't know I don't know how to how to feel about this being the the big quote unquote problem card. I think it's probably okay. Yeah, I think so. I, I think yeah, like I said before, I think my comparison is that like if we have to compare it to something from Modern Horizons One, like a broken card from Modern Horizons One, I think it's more so Astrolabe than than Hogak. Like it's not an immediate problem; it's a little bit of a problem, but in a in a different way. But even then, it's it's it doesn't at least like to me, it doesn't feel half as bad as Astrolabe, or at least like uh, half no. half as problematic as, as Astrolabe. No, and I think like you said, like I think you can probably just ban the. The, the the things that make Urza Saga really good, so you can you can ban the power conduit, yeah. <laughs> or the or you know the amulet of vigor, um, yeah, yeah, and just see where you go from there. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of uh, okay with this. As yeah, it definitely. Currently. I think the it's the fact that like artifact so it's it's artifact decks that are really taking advantage of it so like the hardened scales deck but like artifact decks always suffer from the thing that, that the dredge deck decks did and like once they become like a big enough known quantity in the format people prepare their sideboards for them and then they just don't win tournaments because everybody's prepared so if, if that's the world we live in where like 
like you know a handful of weekends of the year you're just going to get affinitied that's that's fine that's that's almost like modern used to be do you want to know my favorite thing about this challenge go for it zero copies of grief yeah <laughs> yep man yep. it's almost like everyone was overacting subtlety is seeing more play than grief uh, upheaval is seeing more play than grief <laughs> it is as well yeah you want to go uh, but it's just one of one of my favorite decks i guess just to to end on i guess from me here is this uh, dice factory came 29th which isn't bad it really isn't bad uh it went four two overall on the challenge so the new cards that it's yep. playing are uh Thought Monitor, the 7 mana 2 2 affinity for artifacts. Uh, and then Upheaval, playing Upheaval as a one of. And Versa Saga. And yeah, obviously, yeah, 4 copies of Versa Saga, because uh, 2 isn't these days. But it, yeah, it's really cool just to see that like this can exist. Do I think this is good enough to win a challenge ever? Absolutely not. But it was good enough to go 4 2, and that's amazing. I love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah, and I don't doubt that people were doing the whole, trying to do the whole grief of him right thing. Yeah, it turns yeah, out it's just not good enough, like we said. <laughs> About how, you know, the deck's trying to pull off this, what is essentially a four-card combo, uh, and the rest of the deck is just extremely medium. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I think the... So I, I'm very much still on the mindset that I think there is a deck there, but I think you just give up too much of your own deck, or too much of your own card advantage to, yeah. Yeah. like, to, to I guess, compete against your opponent. Like... You want to throw away like half of your hand to get rid of a bunch of cards from your opponent, and they're just going to deal with your grief. Like yeah, like the fact that like control decks are still playable, control decks are still good, path to exiles are still running around. So having a grief on turn one isn't the end of the world. And I think you can just do a lot more consistently good things than yeah than the one very powerful broken thing. Right, and then before we before we fully close, we've got to talk about thirty second place, right? Someone did yeah. it. What have they we did got in thirty second place? They, they did the reanimator deck. They did it. So oh, the fantastic. new cards they're playing: uh, three Archon of Cruelty, four Priest of the Fel, uh, Priest of Felrites, which is the Umbera rights. Yeah. One uh, Sarah's em- emissary, four Bone Shards, one Dam, uh, four Persist, four Unmarked Rate. Fantastic. They did it. And then you're reanimating Ashen Rider and Terastodon. You have Liliana the Veil uh, just to discard your own cards. And then Inquisition's Thought Seizers, Night's Whisper, because just refilling your hand is good. And they did it. And they Their, their deck is, in non-land cards, their deck is more Modern Horizons 2 cards than it is non-Modern Horizons 2 cards. Amazing. Absolutely Perfect. amazing. I love the, it. The, the, the two copies of Packrat in the sideboard as well. Fantastic. And an Inkwell Leviathan in the sideboard. Amazing. Value. This is this is the kind of stuff people wanted, right? Yeah, 100%. this is the kind of deck people want. All of the 100%. new cards, this make around the deck. It looks like it's it's. I mean, it's thirty second place, but you know, it looks like they did. Uh, yeah, this this is this is challenge okay. one. This is this is you know two three yeah. days after the after the the format exists, and yeah, the fact that they went four two in the challenge is is certainly certainly a good sign for the for the deck. Yeah, with a deck that they've just built and haven't had a lot of time to test. Yeah. I'm looking forward to where this uh, where this deck goes. It looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, I think the format just looks like a lot of fun. I think I want to play some modern. It's right? Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Well, wait until my uh, wait until my my order arrives and we can play the lantern mirror. 
Hell yeah. <laughs> How does that sound? <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, it sounds like everything I ever wanted. Let me proxy up some other sagas and you got it. Hell yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Oh, it's, it's weird to uh, have such a positive note at the end of it. I imagine in a week's time the sky will be falling and we'll just decry everything being completely awful, but until then... <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling very optimistic about modern, which is better yeah. than I have done about the format in years in, like since like 2015 I guess since yeah, when the twin was banned else... for competitive diversity <laughs> competitive diversity if nothing else it's it's just nice to see some new stuff yeah. even if this stuff you know becomes tier 1 and we get bored of it in a couple of weeks and we're oh, another Urza Saga deck but for now it's it's nice to it's nice to see yeah I love it awesome what a, a good a good note to end it on so come let us know how you feel about One Horizons 2 week it's not even week one, it's not even week zero, it's like week minus one. Yep. Uh, but it is live on Magic Online. If you've seen any spicy deck lists, come send them to us on social media. You can get at us on Twitter, we are at hrfdcast, facebook.com slash hrfdcast. Or if you've really enjoyed anything in this episode and like to give back in a monetary value, you can hit us up at Patreon, we're patreon.com slash Hour of Devastation, where tiers start from as little as $1 per month. It's roughly 20 to 25 cents per episode. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by manalink.com. You can go to manalink.com and use promo code HOFD5 for 5% off your order, including pre-ordering, even though the set's kind of technically out, sealed product for Modern Horizons 2. And also sell us your cards, if you want. That's the thing you can do. Hell yeah. 100%, 100% recommend both buying and selling with Manalink, regardless of whether or not we would be sponsored by them. It's just a great, great service. Also, if you if you buy with Manalink, it means that I can continue to pay my bills, so please do. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to find me on my own personal social media, on Twitter, I am at PeachGardenOaf. It's Oaf of Neff. Uh, Facebook, I'm Joe Loudon. I'm in pretty much all of the magic groups. And I also stream on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash PeachGardenOaf. Every Friday night, we do something Friday Night Magic related. We've been playing a lot of Cube on there. And then alternate Saturdays and Sundays, we do a whole host of different games. We do Among Us. We do Jackbox games. It's a whole lot of fun. Come check it out. Switch.tv slash Peach Garden Oaf. Phasmophobia. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming. Get on it. Get on it. I'm on. I'm in. Uh, I'm still tweeting. For some reason. Uh, nice. Seal69. Nice. Uh, thanks. Uh, I just, you know, I'm, I'm trying to start fights with people uh, under the guise of celebrating Pride. Um, and just hoping that, like, some asshole will tweet at me. You know, I'm just you know saying that the queer cops are trans class traitors, and I hate them. And I'm just hoping that you know some bootlicker will come and start an argument with me. That's how I'm spending my time indoors. I can certainly think of worse ways to spend my time. What arguing with turfs? Yeah, it's pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> I just block them now. It's great. Hell yeah, hell yeah. And on that note, once again we're approaching the second hour. The Godfarer has returned. So we'll see you again next week on our devastation. <laughs>